right. Well, good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well this morning. Welcome to Rockbridge Community Church, Ringo Campus. We're glad you're here with us today. Normally at this time, if you're a guest with us, normally at this time, the screen would come down. Matt, our teaching preaching pastor, would be bringing the word. Today, all of our campus pastors are going live at their campuses, and so you are stuck with me. Congratulations. So we're excited that you're here with us today, and if you have your Bibles, you can take and open up to the book of Acts chapter 11. That's where we're going to be this morning, Acts chapter 11. Here at Rockbridge, we use the Holman Christian Standard Version, so that's what will be on the screen if you want to follow along with that or open Open up in your uh, Uversion Bible app. Uh, if you want a Bible of your own, we have one for you out at the Connection Center. That is yours. We will put your name in it. You can keep it. That is your Bible to keep there if you want to follow along there. Hey, we're really excited about Windshape Camp. It starts tomorrow, and this is for our kids completed first grade through ninth grade. It's going to be down at Dalton Middle School as all of Rockbridge's campuses are coming together for an awesome time. we got some of the staff with us here today. Yeah, what's up? Good to see you guys there. we got a UNC see Tar Heel fan in here, so Lord help her. Um, don't woo. Okay, It's good to have you guys with us. So we're excited about that. It is not too late to sign your kid up there. You can see Casey Dawson, our children's director, and she will get your kids signed up to go to camp. It's going to be the best week ever. That's what the video said, so you got to believe it. All right, Acts chapter 11 is where we are going to be this morning, and we are right in the middle of our current series called Nine on the Vine, and we're taking a look at the fruit of the Spirit and how that is produced in our life. And so I was thinking this week as we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit and how when we are, when Jesus is present in our life, and when we're connected to the vine, the fruit of the Spirit will be present also. I got to thinking about a buddy of mine in college. His name was Mark. And Mark had the nastiest apartment that you could ever imagine. Mark and his roommate, I don't think, knew what cleanliness meant. Uh, they didn't bathe either. They would come in and sit next to me in class and I'd be like, you guys smell horrible. And... Uh, they had what we called the stack theory. They would just stack their dishes in the sink. You'd go over there and get a bowl and take the mold out of it, you know, put cereal in it. It was disgusting. College guys, yeah. They had a cat that didn't get the concept of a litter box. Well, Mark went away over the summer and got married to Elizabeth. He comes in the first day of class. I remember sitting in pastoral theology class, and we're sitting there, and he walks in, and I was like, bro, you showered. I said, yeah, man, I got married. I was like, oh, he got married over the summer to Elizabeth. And you see, things started changing. He invited me to come over to their house. I was like, bro, man, last time I came over, I felt like I needed a hazmat suit on. I don't know if I really want to show up. He said, no, man, it's clean. She's awesome. She helps me clean the house. I was like, no way. So I go over. Sure enough, you could see the floor. The dishes were cleaned and put up. He was bathing and shaving. I was like, man, Elizabeth has made a change in your life. You see, without Jesus in our life, we're going to be a mess. When he comes in, there are things that are evident of the fact that we are a follower of Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is what he says will be produced in the life of a follower of Jesus. And so we're taking a look at the fruit of the Spirit. And we understood from what we've been looking at that if we abide in Christ, he will abide in us. And so the first thing we look at as we look at the fruit of the Spirit is that in Christ, we will have much fruit. Not in Christ, we will have nothing. We've got to be connected to the vine in order to have fruit. So we looked last week at kindness. 
Kindness and goodness tend to go together. A lot of times we will put kindness with goodness and we're like, oh, that's the kind person. Yeah, he's a good person. You see, the word good is thrown around a lot like the word love is. Love and good are thrown around and they kind of have different connotations. You know, we love a good steak. We love a good football game. But my love of football game will be completely different than your love of football of Florida State's playing because I like good football and yeah, so there, there's different words that happen with the word love. The same as with good. Oh, he's a good person. That can either mean he has moral standards or he's a great neighbor. You know, I always used to think when we'd pray, God is great, God is good. I was like, why are we downgrading him? What's going on here? You see, the word good has different meanings for different people. What we can think of when we think of kindness and goodness are this. Kindness is the inner quality of a kind heart, a kind mind, a kind person, the fruit of kindness will be produced. Goodness is the behavior that acts out what kindness produces. So the fruit of goodness being produced in our life will be produced as a result of him in us. We know the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things, there is no law. This week, we're going to take a look at the fruit of goodness. Now, it's not as flamboyant as love and joy and peace, because you hear those all the time, but goodness represents something, and it has its place. So take, for instance, a few weeks ago, Kim and I took our five kids to Dollywood, and we get down there to Dollywood. Poor Paula Deans will never be the same in Pigeon Forge, but we get to a yeah, my five kids and Paula Deans was not good. But we get to Dollywood. Sorry, that was just an ADD moment there. Um, what am I talking about? Dollywood. We get to Dollywood, and, and we walk up, and we're riding the tram into it, and we stand in line. We ride the roller coaster. We ride the carousel, and we ride the carousel, and we ride the carousel again. And then all day, all I'm hearing my kids say are, Dad, let's ride the tram. Let's ride the tram. It's like, let's go ride the train. Let's get on this thing and ride it. So we get on that train and we ride the train and we're going around and they're all crying. I look at Kim, I'm like, what is happening? Why are they crying? They've been asking for this all day. They didn't like it. We get off, we go to the front gate and they are going crazy. They wanted to ride the tram, not the train. I looked at Kim, you got to be kidding me. We could have saved so much money and time riding that stupid carousel to just ride the tram. You see, the tram takes you from the front gate to your car. It, it doesn't have a lot of purpose except for the fact you don't have to walk a mile. It's not flamboyant like the roller coaster and the carousel, but it still serves a purpose. It gets you from point A to point B. That's kind of like what goodness is. Goodness has its place. And what we are going to find is that when goodness is present, it will be shown. You cannot hide goodness for very long. If you have the fruit of goodness being produced in your life, it will be shown. Now, it's important to understand that all nine of these fruit of the Spirit are not nine individual things, but rather one singular fruit with nine different characteristics, different qualities. The fruit of goodness Paul describes here as the disposition, the character of a person who is benevolent, full of goodwill or charity towards others. The meaning of goodness is quite like godliness. It's being good like God is. Jesus was even called good, and he said, no, there is only one who is good, 
and that is God. You see, the meaning of goodness is being like God. And without God as our standard, we as humans would not have any sense of whether we're doing any good at all. We've got to look to him as our standard, make him the center of our life in order to produce goodness around that. So today for the next few moments, and I promise you we're going to have you out of here quicker than you're used to. And what we're going to look at is the life of Barnabas. We're going to look at a man in Acts 11 named Barnabas and how the fruit of goodness was produced in his life. Give you some tangible ways that we can see the fruit of goodness produced and then some takeaways, all right? So we're looking in Acts chapter 11, verse 19. It says this. Those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen made their way as far as those three cities there, speaking the message to no one except Jews. And so what we see here is that Stephen was stoned to death. We know in Acts 9 that Stephen is being stoned to death. Saul, who was later changed to Paul, his name was the cloak bearer. He's standing there holding the cloaks of the people chucking stones at Stephen. Stephen lifts his eyes and says, Lord, forgive them. They don't understand what they're doing into your hands. I love you. Forgive me. But as a point of proof from that, the church scattered. They were scared because Saul was on their way, was on his way to kill them. So we see that Saul is now here and the church scattered. Remember that word scattered. Verse 20, but there were some of them two guys with the C name, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Hellenistic Jews, proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. Then the report about them was heard by the church that was at Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. That's about 500 miles from Jerusalem to Antioch. Uh, we know that that would take anywhere from 18 to 20 days from everything I read this week in a journey. So he gives his time there. Verse 24, Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. A large number of people were added to the Lord. Then he went to Tarsus to search for Saul, who was killing folks. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. For the whole year, they met with the church and taught large numbers of disciples who were first called Christians at Antioch. So we see just from this how goodness is produced in the life of Barnabas. The first thing we see is that he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Barnabas was producing the fruit of the Spirit. And goodness came out of him, and there's no denying it. You see, he was filled with goodness in his generosity. Barnabas was filled with goodness in his generosity. His generosity in his possessions. In Acts 4, verse 36, it said he sold a field, and he put the money at the feet of the apostles. He was generous in his time. He traveled from Antioch to Jerusalem to Antioch. That's 500 miles. He preached in Antioch. He gave of his time, his talent, and his energy. The fruit of goodness was produced in his life through generosity. Notice, secondly, in his time. He gave liberally of his time. He, he gave liberally, and it encouraged people. Barnabas was known as the son of encouragement. 
He gave of his time to go to Tarsus to meet with Saul. Saul was the equivalent of the modern day ISIS. And he went there because nobody in the church wanted to accept Saul. Because his mission was to kill the church, arrest them, to persecute them. But God sent Barnabas, and the fruit of goodness being produced in his life drew him to Saul. You see, Saul needed encouragement because God had a mission for Saul. His name was changed to Paul, and half of the New Testament that we read was written by this man. You see, it was important for the fruit of goodness to be sent out to go and to share. We see as a result of that, he was filled with goodness within himself. Barnabas not only gave time, money, energy, he gave influence and insight. His mind, his heart, and his will were all on the altar for the service of the Lord. He said, how can I be used in order to draw people to the Lord? He was filled with goodness in the fact that he was willing to be second place for God's glory, for others' good. You see, Barnabas, we never read that he was not okay playing a supportive role. He knew his position and the fruit of the spirit being produced in him allowed him to prop up Paul as he preached the gospel message. And what we find is that many were added to the Lord as a result of that. He encouraged them to be glad and encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all of their hearts. And so we see that Barnabas was a good man. He had the fruit of goodness being produced in his life. But how do we become like Barnabas, filled with goodness? Because we read about this man. How do we do that? Well, one, it said he was a good man full of goodness and faith. So we've got to live a life of faith. We have to live a life of faith. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, To trust in the Lord with all of your heart. To not lean to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him because he will direct your path. Barnabas was trusting in God to lead his path with his time, his talent, his energy, his generosity. And as a result of that, good works were shown. Martin Luther said it is not good works which which makes a man good, but a good man who does good works. You see, we can do nothing apart from Christ. It is him in us that produces the fruit through us. The Bible says, for while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man, one would dare to even die. But God demonstrated his own love towards us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. You see, our evaluation of good are completely inadequate. You and I can sit here and talk until we're blue in the face about what is good, but it is completely inadequate. It does not meet God's standard. Why? Because God is holy. God is perfect. It will never meet his standard. In fact, he says our righteousness is like filthy rags. Apart from him, we can do no good. Not only do we have to be full of faith, but we've got to be a person who is filled with the Spirit. We've got to be filled with the Spirit. Barnabas was filled with the Spirit. What does a life look like that's filled with the Spirit? Well, this red balloon here is going to represent a life that is not filled with the Spirit. It's not fulfilling its purpose. It's just, if I laid it here, 
a balloon laying on a table, not fulfilling its purpose. It will stay there until somebody picks it up or throws it away or knocks it off, but it can't move on its own. It is stuck right there. However, a life that is filled with the Spirit, is, it has something in it. Now, I was going to go power team on you this morning and blow this up till it popped, but my independent Baptist brother and sister will know that. Amen. You get nervous? No, I'm not. A life that is filled with the Spirit is indwelled. When the fruit of the Spirit is in our life, it's like the air inside of this balloon. And what he does is not leaves us sitting idly by, but it propels us. That was awesome. Yes. It propels us to good works. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is like the air in that balloon. It propels us to go, to not just sit idly by. Here's what the Spirit does. Two things. One, it enhances our character. The Spirit in us that propels us to go enhances our character. We see the fruit of the Spirit as a result. In Psalms 24, the Bible says, Who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? And who can stand in that holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to vanity and hasn't sworn deceitfully, this is the generation of them that seek him. You see, he talks about our character, who we are when no one else is around. Our character is what he enhances, but he also inspires us in our service. He sends us out. He lets us go. Matthew 5 and verse 16 He says to let our light shine before all men, that they can see our good works and will give glory to our Father in heaven. He calls us in that same chapter salt and light. He says that followers of Christ are like salt and light. I love salt, but salt is not good when you put it in a bowl and you eat it with a spoon. That's pretty disgusting. Salt is meant to be scattered. And when it is scattered, it brings out the flavor. It brings out the beauty of what it is put on. It also preserves. You remember the word that we just read in there and how the church was scattered as a result of Saul's, or excuse me, Stephen's death? You see, we are not meant to just gather. We are not meant to come here on Sundays and to gather. We are meant to scatter, to go and to make the fame, the renown, the esteem of Jesus known. That's why one of our values here at Rockbridge is we break the huddle. We don't just gather and call plays and hype each other up. We've got to go live sent in the world that he has called us to. But he also calls us light. And light is best when it is together. There is a reason why we gather to encourage, to grow, to watch our community continue to expand. Put yourself in the sandals of somebody who is riding a camel in Jesus' time. When they are looking for a place to stop for the night and they see the glow of a city ahead, that's a lot of light together, not a Yankee candle sitting in the window. You see, we are better together. We can do more through community.
It's important to go, but it's also important to meet together. He says, do not get in the habit of not meeting together like some are in the habit of doing. It's important to do what we do, but you've got to understand this building is not Rockbridge. The new building that's going to be built across the highway is not Rockbridge. We are Rockbridge. This is Rockbridge Community Church. We are salt and we are light. And as a result, we let that shine before all men that they can see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. And when we do, look what happens. I love this because when Barnabas' light shined, when he was salt and light in the, in the world, I love what happens here. It says, and a great many people were added to the Lord. You know what that means? When we display the goodness of God being produced in our life, not our abilities, not our church, not our name, but we lift him up. He said if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men to himself. A great many people were added to the Lord. You can leave that there if you want. It's bothering you, wasn't it? <laughs> A great many people were added to the Lord. He is our standard to measure ourselves with in growing in the fruit of goodness. So here's some tangible ways to grow in the fruit of goodness. One, purity. How do we grow the fruit of goodness and allow it to be produced in our life? Purity. That's in thought, mind, action, moral, your, your service, purity in your generosity, purity in your action. He knows your heart. He knows what you're doing and why you're doing it. We have to be a pure people in order to allow the fruit of goodness to be produced in our life. Here's the second one, graciousness. Graciousness. Many of you serve. You never hear a thank you. You never get a high five or a fist bump or a pat on the back, a good job. That's not why we serve. Remember, purity is in our motives. And if we are serving with graciousness, the fruit of goodness will be produced and we will stand before him one day and hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That, my friend, is all the recognition that you need. We find it in purity, in goodness, and ultimately in generosity. We find it in generosity. Here at Rockbridge, we, we have many areas that you can show generosity, our HOPE initiative. HOPE stands for those that are hurting, outsiders, poverty, and education. Everything we do falls under the umbrella of HOPE as we want to extend the hope of Christ to those that are hopeless. We also can do that through our tithing, through our giving. When you give, it's not just going to keep the lights on. It's going to make the name of Jesus known. 14 cents of every dollar that you give goes back into missions. You can also do that through serving, through getting connected. When you came in today, you were handed a sheet of paper that shows many areas of service that we have here at Rockbridge Community Church. Maybe God's saying, hey, I want you to show the fruit of goodness through your generosity. You can sign up to serve. You can drop those in the metal boxes out in the lobby on your way out. But I want you to understand, and I think it's important that we, we, we bring this all back to this point. This is very important for you to get, is that we are not saved by good works. But rather, we are saved for good works. You see, we're not saved by them, but for them. Kim and I lived in Salt Lake City, Utah for about three years. And the, the religion of that area has a verse that says, for by grace are you saved through faith, 
only after you've done all that you can do. That is religion. That puts you on that treadmill of frustration. You can never achieve enough. You see, we're saved by grace, through faith, to serve, for service. It's not the other way around. Because God knew in advance who we were and what we would be doing. That's why he said that we're God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. You see, we are his handiwork. You are his masterpiece. He has created you exactly how you are for a reason and for a purpose. We're created to do good works. He wants to show that off. The part that I didn't get is why he said he prepared in advance for us to do. Until a few Sundays ago, my daughter, I love going out here on the sidewalk after church and watching my five kids come running down the walkway. I mean, it's like WWF. They're throwing elbows and kneeing each other and blood. Every Sunday, somebody gets bloody. But my daughter, she normally just comes running. She's last, and she's got her arms wide open running to my arms. And here she come a couple Sundays ago with this this picture. She said it was a cat. I doubt it. But (laughs) she said, cat. But she wasn't just running. She was stopping and showing everybody. She went into Farm to Fork and showed them. She's like, look, as I get the kid out of there. And then she gets to me and she goes, Daddy, here. I said, oh, she said, cat, Daddy. It's like, nope. That's a great cat, baby. But you know what this is to her? This is a masterpiece. To her, that's a cat. To her, this is incredible. This is the best thing she has ever drawn. And she wanted everybody to see it on the way down. And then she gave it to me with pride. You see, we are God's handiwork. We're his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works in order because he has already prepared in advance for us to do. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose for your life. He knows what you can do and how you can do it. And when you're connected to the vine, he wants to show off his masterpiece as he allows the fruit of the spirit to be produced in you as salt and light. But notice what else he calls us. He said, as far as God is concerned, there is a sweet, wholesome fragrance in our lives. It is the fragrance of Christ within us, an aroma to both the saved and the unsaved. This verse really stands out because I've got a really sensitive nose. Uh, yesterday, I was walking through our laundry room, and I went, Something, something's rotten in here, Kim. She walks in and goes, nope. <laughs> no, really, I'm telling you, something is rotten in here. Sure enough, there was a zucchini on the bottom. I had maggots growing out of it. I was like, told you. And um, I was like, you should probably clean this place up a little bit. Well, I... Sorry, um, a little too transparent here. Uh, but, but you see, when we smell something nasty, we know it immediately. There is an aroma to both the saved and the unsaved. He said as a result of him being in our lives, we're not only salt and light, but there is a sweet, wholesome fragrance in our life to both the saved, the encouragement, Barnabas, son of encouragement, Carry on, do good works for him and the unsaved. As a result, many will be added to the Lord. As a result of the fruit of goodness being produced in our life. 
As we close today, I want to leave you with these words from the scripture. It says, fight the good fight of faith so you can abound in every good work and have a good reputation with outsiders. Remember, he that begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. And while he does, do not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Let's pray. God, I love you. Father, I thank you that we can come into your house and we can sing, we can hear from your word. God, and ultimately we can leave here on a mission to make the name, the fame, the renown of Jesus known. And I pray, Father, that as a result of the Spirit living in our life, that we will be propelled to action. God, that we will go out living lives that are pure, with generosity, with graciousness for what you have done, so that we can live out the goodness and all men will be drawn to you. Father, we thank you for the fruit of the Spirit. We thank you that we have the promise that when we are in you, that we will have this being produced in our life. And I pray this week that our behavior, who we are from a heart of kindness, will produce the fruit of goodness in our life. I love you. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray.